what, now, what, I ask you, could be better on a Saturday afternoon than coming to listen to Robert Glasscock and me join a group of five other wonderful souls as we tackle their very relevant astrological questions with the best astrology teacher on the planet, and he has been fire. So join us this Saturday. Come to the funastrology.com website for the gallery ticket, and we'll see you there. Welcome to the Old Soul, New Soul Astrology Podcast. Parents, listen up. We're going to talk about your kids. And we had a great listener question from our speak pipe to get us started. Hi, Thomas and Robert again. So I heard you guys talk about looking to Saturn about children. I believe that's what you said. Or maybe it was Saturn being in the fifth house for disabilities, learning disabilities, or even I believe, Robert, you had a reading for someone that had a child with Down syndrome, and he had Saturn in the fifth is the fifth house. Is that where you look to children as far as issues with children? Is it all in the fifth? And what if you had another planet such as Pluto or something like that in the fifth house? How exactly do you go about finding that in the chart? Great question. Uh, I know the client that you're talking about years ago had the Down syndrome baby. And let me recall for you, he brought it up, not me. He asked me very directly, why did my wife and I have a baby with Down syndrome? And so I began to read from his horoscope. And you can go back to that podcast for the significance of that and what that baby represented to them. But yes, when you see, now here we go with very classical, old-fashioned astrology. I'm going to use the term malefics. When you see a malefic in the fifth house, it says, pay attention to this. So I'm talking Mars, Saturn, Uranus, Neptune, and Pluto. And especially if they're the outer planets, Saturn, Uranus, Neptune, and Pluto, because those are larger planets. They're slower-moving planets. They are more emphasized than, say, a planet like Mars. Nonetheless, if you have a, a malefic in the fifth house of children, a man's or a woman's chart, it indicates potential problems that's all, just in quotes, problems with that child. It can be problems in delivery. It can mean the loss of a child. It can mean abortions. It can mean miscarriages. It can mean developmental issues and so on. So just Saturn alone is not going to give you a simple reading, which you have to be extremely careful about doing in astrology because you do not want to pretend to be a doctor and you don't want to alarm clients unnecessarily either. If you see something that looks to you like trouble, then you have to learn as an astrologer how to bring it up and how to discuss it in a way that's constructive and not frightening. Like, oh, this is fated and there's nothing you can... That's just not true. So... <clears throat> Looking at when you see a malefic in the fifth house, uh, it, it's a pointer that there may be some issues here throughout that child's life that are going to be really challenging. And you can estimate to what degree are they going to be challenging by the closeness of hard aspects to them. By the same token, if you have 
the malefics in the fifth house, and yet they're trying in sextile to other planets. That's a whole different story. They may still have some developmental issues. They could be, for example, autistic, and yet because of that trine, brilliant in some subject or area or another. So just because there are malefics in the fifth does not automatically mean you're dealing with a developmentally challenged child. Uh, but they are a sign pointer. It's something you want to explore because children will be a challenge according to the nature of the planets in the fifth. Second to that is in a woman's chart, if she has more than one child, her first child is ruled by her fourth house. Her second child is ruled by the sixth house third child ruled by the eighth. So you can actually isolate each child and look at its developmental aspects yourself. So again, if you see malefics in the fourth house, that might, I, I emphasize might, indicate some developmental issues specifically involving the first child, the fourth house child. If you see malefics in the sixth house in a woman's chart, that's very specifically the second child that's going to have these either dysfunctions or challenges or disabilities and so on. In a man's chart, his first child is ruled by his fifth house, and his second child is ruled by his seventh house. So again, when you see malefics in a house that relates to children, they, it's not like a fated condition, but it's a pointer that something probably needs to be addressed when we're talking about this particular child. And you can get more clues from exactly what the planets are in that house or what the signs are that they are in. And you can begin to approach it that way and then also grow into finding some solutions, quote unquote, to, the, to how to treat that child if they need medical care uh, and when and so on. You can begin to ramify your initial impressions of that child and the malefics in that house to, to pinpoint more through talking with the client exactly what the issues are to get them just simply aware that there's a potential here for some issues that you and the child are going to have to deal with. That's all. You know, it's so amazing what all you can find in these charts. And I'm betting that if you can find that, that we can also find the flip side, the positive side of the coin. Can you also look in there and see how you as a parent can be the best parent and raise that child as according to their chart, the way they came in to be raised? You can do it both ways, Thomas. If you happen to have the child's horoscope, then use it, read it. But if you don't have, you can still, through the parent's horoscope, look and see how they need to relate to that specific child. And very often you can get these indications, as we've talked about, about maybe what the problem is with the child. And most of the time, when you see, say, the malefics in a particular house, uh, say it's Neptune, in Pisces, maybe in the first, in the fourth house of the first child. Well, it could be something as simple as do they come from an alcoholic or druggy kind of background? Is one or, or, or both parents having problems with drugs or alcohol? And get into that. Because if they are, then here you go. Now you have a basis for asking is there a possibility that this child is born with fetal alcohol syndrome? Or if not, 
is it possible that both parents who are dealing with drug and alcohol issues, which means that they're dealing with responsibility issues and they're dealing with trust issues, this baby is going to be raised in that kind of environment and may grow up to become an alcoholic themselves because that's what they've seen or may become they may act out things like gaslighting and bipolarity and these various other kinds of psychological conditions and states that both parents are acting out in front of them so they may wind up if it's neptune let's say having a a great deal of trouble deciding what they want to do in life or they may start experimenting with drugs and alcohol and sex at a pretty young age and go off track down that road for a while but you can at least get an indication of what to talk about with with that particular child in a way that is constructive. And if it turns out the parents have these issues that you can see fairly plain, then you say, do you see how your issues with your husband or your issues with your wife are going to play a big role in this child's development? Because he or she is very sensitive to these things in both of you. And if the parents are confused and sending mixed messages, then this kid is going to grow up with mixed messages and have trouble finding his or her own identity and his or her own path in life because of all the the mixed messages in which they've been raised. You know, there's a chart that I'll put in the notes that I think this is a great time we can talk about this for just a second. In the news recently, Queen Elizabeth passed away at 96. What an amazing life she lived. She has a son in... Taurus at zero degrees, and it's in the fourth equal house system house. Her son, her S O N, her first child, her first, her first child. child, yes, and her son, her heir to the throne, now King Charles, has a moon at the same degree of Taurus. So when you look at here's the queen with her son and the now king, the successor with his moon at exactly the same position. How do you read that? Well, anytime you see a parent's sun or moon conjunct the child's sun or moon, you've got a very close relationship. Doesn't mean it's good or bad. It just says it's close. Now, in this chart, uh, it's pretty good. But it shows that kind of closeness. And it's in Taurus, which is fascinating to me with the monarchy, because It's been bandied about that King Charles may be the last king, which is interesting because he, she lived such a wonderful long life. He's waited all this time. Notice something else in these two charts too, Thomas. Queen Elizabeth's Saturn at 24 Scorpio is almost exactly conjuncted by King Charles's, her son's son at 22 Scorpio. And that absolutely is a strong karmic connection. So he and his mother both, and she was the the exemplar of what a monarchy should be. She conducted her entire life very much like a, a, a good Taurus, a constructive Taurus. She was dedicated to serving, and she did all of her long life. Well, he is too. His lifetime is, as king certainly will be shorter than hers. But there, there, there's a powerful connection. And this is what I'm looking when I look at the rest of the royal family's charts. The rest of them do not have the same kind of physiological, genetic, historic connection with the monarchy that both Queen Elizabeth and Prince Charles, now King Charles, have. So they may, he may well be the last 
king of England. A lot of people it have said that. It costs a fortune to keep these family, you know, to keep this titular figurehead in office oh, with all huge. the pomp and circus. And they could be spending, believe me, like every other country on earth, England is experiencing economic disparity and, and hardships and so on, just like the rest of us. So the idea of spending multiple millions and millions and millions of dollars to fund this funding family year after year has got to, at some point, be called into question from just, can, is there something better that we can be doing with these millions? And that's what Prince Charles, or King Charles now, I think, will probably lead the country into a an entirely new era he's already you know cut some people from the royal roles so to speak so that they're no longer considered um, first tier in the, the other thing family. that people have been pondering is whether his reign will be short in other words might he just hand the baton on oh i don't think so i don't think so Two reasons. I mean, his moon is in Taurus, and he's taking after his mother. He really, now that he's finally got it, he's waited all of his life. He's going to, I think, continue it as long and as effectively as he can. And he is a pragmatist in a lot of ways. If he feels like this could be the end of the monarchy, uh, if that's where he lands then he will be the one to make that transition away from the monarchy as smoothly and calmly as it would be possible to do. Because it's a big, big step for a nation to finally end a monarchy. There are not that many left. As a parent, if a parent looks at their child's chart and their natal chart and sees these overlaps... Can they also interpret that as that there might be these karmic connections that show up? Totally, with totally. these planetary alignments. Yeah. Totally. And you see, I mean, if you were looking at this from a karmic standpoint and you took, let's say this is Queen Elizabeth's chart on the inner ring that we're looking at here. So if you want to go to her ninth house as a past life, you would put Virgo on the cusp of the first house. And then you would read her... Saturn in the third house of that chart, that's brothers and sisters. So you could say that he and Queen Elizabeth have been siblings in a royal family lineage somewhere along the way. Royalty being the son, Saturn being the king and the authority and so on. And they're both in fixed signs in the third. So they have been in these roles before probably switched. Probably switched. She was perhaps the sibling to him as a king. But they have lived simultaneously, just as they did in this life as mother and son. I think in a previous lifetime, they've lived as brother and sister, but once again, royalty. So they are to the manner born, so to speak. And that's a really strange position to be born into. Think about it, anybody. If you were born into a royal family with really untold wealth and also a duty, a lifelong duty, to keep up these rituals and to behave as you are expected to behave politically in every other way. It's like living in a goldfish bowl in a lot of ways, but it's, it's a, it's difficult. You don't need to work. You've got all the money that there is, but you can find, and look at the difference between Prince William and Prince Harry, what they did with their lives vis-a-vis -vis the military, for example. Uh, so you do have, um, this lineage to consider, yeah, this is a very strong karmic relationship between Queen Elizabeth and, and King Charles now, King Charles, because of that Sun-Saturn especially. And then the Moon-Sun conjunction is another one. That's, that's 
a tremendously close aspect. So even his brother and sister, I think, they were close, and certainly in this life, she's close. Now, it is rumored that Queen Elizabeth was most fond of Prince Andrew, who, of course, is accused of, how you say, dating underage women. Nonetheless, she apparently was most fond of him. We don't know why. But the connection with uh, King Charles is very close. Yeah, exactly. And he's going to continue, I think, everything that she stood for. He's not going to stray from any of that. He's got a strong sense of duty himself and a strong sense of lineage. And he would like to see the monarchy continue if he had his druthers. And we know that a lot of parents, as their relationship with their child develops and unfolds, feels that their relationship is somehow karmically connected. Yeah. Yep. Exactly. All right. Well, this has been interesting. Thank you. And, you know, we have on our list of episodes to do in the future a lot more around parenting and how it shows up in the chart. So this will certainly not be the last. And if you have questions that you'd like answered around that, then send them to us either on the speak pipe at the top of the funastrology.com website or in our Discord channel. You can drop them in the old soul, new soul there, and Kristen will pass them on to us as well. Thank you so much, Robert, for this great information, and thank you for listening. We'll see you back next time on the Old Soul, New Soul Astrology Podcast with Robert Glasscock. <music>